everybody. Welcome to the Eric Geiger Leadership Podcast. This season is all about secession. We have uh, Eric Geiger here who just over four years ago became the senior pastor here at Mariner's Church in Southern California. Prior to him was uh, our pastor emeritus, Kenton Bishore, who was the senior pastor here for over 35 years, which is remarkable and beautiful. So when you think about the transition season that followed that leadership um, it's really something to pay attention to. So um, we've seen a flourishing church over the last four years in a, in this transition season, and that's not always guaranteed. So we kind of wanted to take some time before you listen to this series er, to this season on secession. We wanted to take some time and ask the questions: Why does this matter? Why is this important? So, Eric, would you just share a little bit about? These last four years at Mariners right. and um, what it's been like, what growth have you seen? How how has this transition been? Yeah. So I, I've been here now four and a half years, and it's gone by so quickly. The first 18 months was the best honeymoon I've ever had in any ministry context. I just – everything was was so fun, and I really was focused on just getting to know the community, getting to know the people – a healthy transition between Kenton and me. I loved those first 18 months. Oh, goodness, we were having so much fruit and so much fun. It was a blast. And then COVID hit. <laughs> so we had an 18-month run. So really, I think of the last four and a half years in the three three phases. Um, the 18-month honeymoon slash transition time. Then COVID hit. And so during COVID, I had not been planning to lead with a lot of new direction for a while. I had I had even told the church, hey, I'm running the Mariner's Playbook. So I was really focused on just meeting people, learning the community, teaching the best sermons I could possibly teach, yeah. but not really giving a lot of overarching direction or making massive changes. Well, COVID hits and you— You don't get a choice to make changes you there. Have, every day you're confronted with a new decision— and so leading during COVID and then leading out of COVID. So 18 months of, of transition, COVID, however long you call that time, and then the post-COVID time. So I really think there, there's been three unique seasons at, at Mariners already in four and a half years. And it's required different leadership from me each step of the way. Yeah. So the first 18 months was was treating this as um, a healthy beautiful church that I got to shepherd and was not making a lot of sharp turns or casting, hey, we're going to make this action this week. But just, you know, if you look at, we'll talk about this in this season, um, if you look at a model of how you classify a stage in an organization, it was a sustaining health situation, which meant lead slowly, listen, enjoy the fruit of the past, love the people, get to know the community. That was the first 18 months. Well, then COVID hits, and you know, there's a lot of leadership theorists that were saying of that time, every organization is a startup. Every organization right. is a startup. And so if you really believe that, and I, and I believe in many ways organizations were a startup because job profiles were in many ways irrelevant during that time because what you were doing wasn't being done because everything was shut down, then it if you were going to lead it like a startup, it was a completely different posture of leadership from the previous 18 months. So during COVID, it it demanded from me, I didn't I didn't plan on leading that way, but COVID demanded 
here's the plays we're going to run. Here's how we're going to do Mariners Online. Here's how we're going to start having smaller gatherings in neighborhoods. And by God's grace, those became future congregations. Here's how we're going to engage our local cities. Um, Here's how we're going to develop our staff. I mean, it it took COVID forced a different posture of leadership. So then there, there was that season. And then coming out of COVID, you're no longer really a startup because now you've operationalized some of the learnings during COVID. You've, um, as a leader, you've you've built uh, a team with some values, and so it's a different. It's not it's not startup leadership. It's now probably realignment leadership. So, really, the last four and a half years has been multiple postures of leadership, which I wasn't expecting when the secession happened. Because, but who was expecting a pandemic in 2020? Right, exactly, exactly. Right. I love that. Thanks for the overview. And yeah. I mean, you you're going to go into more detail on on each of those really in this in this season. And I, I love how specific you and Kenton get. You share a lot of your thinking and strategy. It's so helpful. I know that people are dying to know about the growth, though. Like, yeah. what what about growth in the church? What have you seen for Mariners in the last four years as far as attendance and giving? We've launched some congregations you right. mentioned. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we in the pandemic, we really went from two congregations to seven congregations. Right. And so we read a, a book as a team called A Beautiful Constraint, which was – it wasn't – it's not on – sale at Christian bookstores, but it really has a Christian message similar to Dietrich Bonhoeffer of make the best use of everything. A beautiful constraint sim- simply gave the message of when a constraint hits or a challenge and hit- hits, you can either be a victim, you can be a neutralizer, or you can be a transformer. So a victim would say, hey, this challenge has disrupted all of our plans, you know, woe is me. A neutralizer would say, hey, we're going to put some things in place to neutralize the challenges. A transformer, though, would say, how can we take these challenges and actually use them to do some things that benefit the mission of the organization in a way that wouldn't have happened without the challenges, that these challenges can actually be sacred gifts, that they can be beautiful constraints. So I'm really thankful for our church because our our church has that type of faith, that type of posture. Our team did as well. So we looked at the beautiful constraint of the pandemic, and we had had several initiatives that we were going to work on, such as digital. <laughs> and so the pandemic caused us to really ramp up digital. Yeah. We also had been planning on launching one new congregation a year for five years. The pandemic caused us to launch five new congregations in one year. But how it happened was we started having these smaller gatherings in the neighborhood. We called them Mariners in the Neighborhood. Because in Orange County at the time, early in the pandemic, you know, there there were gathering restrictions and some said follow them, some said don't follow them. Instead of getting into that debate, we just said, hey, let's just start some smaller gatherings in in cities where we where we know we have a high density of people who live there anyway, meaning those could possibly be a good place to launch a congregation. And we launched we launched six of those and then four of those became congregations and then we we then went to another city and launched another another congregation. So the pandemic really actually accelerated yep. our launching of other congregations. And the pandemic also accelerated our our commitment to serve our cities. We found ways to serve cities in the middle of the pandemic that that has been has just been really beautiful. And and so, you know, people ask about the attendance or the giving and and I mean it's really remarkable. I mean, I'm so thankful, but by God's grace and you know, within the first five years I it looks like our giving will have doubled and yeah. 
our physical attendance will have doubled and um, and then obviously a lot of digital uh, engagement as well. So it's it's it it's been really amazing. Now all of that, all of that is a credit, and this is why I hope you'll listen to the whole season to Kenton Bishore, who's my predecessor, because all of the moves that Mariners Church made during the pandemic were built on a strong foundation of mission and values that was laid by my predecessor. It was all built on an incredible team of volunteers at our church who were committed to a healthy transition. Mm-hmm. None of the last several years at Mariner's Church happens without the previous 35 years of incredible shepherding by, by Kenton B. Shore. None of it happens without an amazing transition between Kenton and me. Uh, if, that, if that transition had been, excuse me, if that transition had been messy, um, we would have we would not have been able to focus on mission and vision in a pandemic. We'd have been focused on right. healing or on, yeah. you know, reconciling broken relationships. But because the relationship between Kenton and me was so healthy, because the transition was so healthy, it allowed us to be visionary and focused on serving our communities. And so, yeah. Mariner's Church is not the church that she is today without. And people are going to hear me say this. They're going to think, you mean while Kenton was pastor? No, I mean the transition happened because of Kenton's leadership and the the elder board and the teams before me, and that fruit carried into the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. It's so it's so good. I mean, this relationship between you and Kenton, even week in and week out, basically. Yeah. I mean, he's a, a wise counsel in your life. He's, he a, he's a friend, a friend of your family's. Totally. Your relationship, it's its something that's beloved by our whole church, too. The, yes. the organization at large can see the health of the transition and how that's been so good for our church. Uh, what what would you say to our listeners yeah. who, who are tuning in? What What is the number one reason that a person should pay attention now whenever, you know, that maybe they're not even thinking about secession for themselves yet. They Maybe they haven't started yes. even. Why, why should someone pay attention to this? So I'll, I'll give some overarching thoughts on succession yes. and why, why it's super important. I've written, I've written down three overarching thoughts that I think are super important for you to consider as you think about succession in your role or succession for the organization that you're responsible for. And let me give them to you, and this is really why you would want to listen to a podcast on secession. Number one, secession demands intentionality because it is challenging and important. Number two, secession divulges the health of a leadership development culture. And number three, it directs your leadership development. So I want to speak just real briefly on all three of those and and believing that this will pique your interest on. Those sound good. <laughs> why would I listen to eight <laughs> sessions with Eric and Kenton on how succession actually works? Yeah. All right, number one, because it demands intentionality. It demands intentionality because succession is really challenging. You, you, in this season, you're going to hear us be really raw and honest about our challenges. It's challenging and it's important. Here's why it's challenging. It's challenging because there's not as many leaders. There's not as many leaders right now. So secession is going to be challenging for your context because there's less leaders for you to hand the baton to. There's less leaders for you to give the, the wheel of the organization over to. And, and some of this is demographic. Let me, let me just share some demographics with you. 
There are 74.3 million boomers in the U.S. Those are born between 1946 and 1964. Then there is only 64.5 million Gen Xers, which that would be me, born between 65 and 80. Then 68.4 millennials born between 81 and 96. All right, so get, get this. There is a smaller pool of people who are 42 to mid-50s, which oftentimes that young 40s to late 40s is the age range that people look to hand an organization over to. So if you're thinking, if you're like a pastor search team and you're thinking, hey, we want a senior pastor who's 40 to 50 years old, there's less of them. There's less of them, just demographically. If you're looking for a new CEO of a not-for-prof, and your and your ideal range is someone who's 40 to 50. And why do people choose that age? Because typically someone 40 to 50 still has another great run of leadership in them, but someone 40 to 50 also has done it in the past. They, they have a track record. They, they've, they've gotten bruised by leadership. They, they, they've gotten the pride beaten out of them. They, um, they've had some wins. They've had some losses. They they understand what it means to lead. So that's why often organizations look for that age. I'm not saying you should look for that age, but oftentimes organizations do look in that age range, but there's less of them. And so there's a smaller statistical pool of people to go after. So that that just impacts how you think about transition. There's not just a ton of people waiting to hand the reins over to. There's actually less. Um, it's also challenging just because transitions are not easy. Leadership's not easy. You know, one of my mentors, Brad Wagner, used to say, if if you want to make someone happy, don't be a leader. Go sell ice cream. Because leadership is never easy. It's never going to ultimately make somebody happy. Leadership's always challenging. Transitions are, are a challenging aspect of leadership. So you want to think really intentionally about succession because it's challenging. And it's also massively important. So secession demands intentionality because it's challenging and important. Who the next leader of of a ministry or organization is, is really important for the future of that ministry or organization. As you know, so much rises and falls on leadership. You've seen a ministry or, or a marketplace organization or a church flourish or flounder based on leadership. And so you, you, you want to get succession right. It demands intentionality. All right, number two. This is why you want to care about succession. It divulges, I am using all D words because I'm a pastor now, and so I'm using alliteration. It divulges the health of a leadership development culture. Okay, don't confuse succession with leadership development. They're not the same. But succession is a byproduct of leadership development. Succession is the fruit of a leadership development culture. If you focus on leadership development in your context, you will get succession. It's possible to focus on succession and miss leadership development. But if you focus on leadership development, you will you will develop thoughtful leaders who think about succession. And you want the fruit of succession. If you don't have the fruit of succession or the kind of thinking that fosters how are we going to do succession well – then there's a leadership development problem because succession is a fruit of leadership development. So if in your context there's no thought of succession, there's a leadership development problem. 
You don't fix it by focusing on succession because then you're focusing on the fruit, not the root. The root is leadership development. The fruit is succession. It's a byproduct of leadership development. Ram Sharan, he wrote the book Leadership Pipeline. He consults organizations on leadership development. He says, all leadership development initiatives that fail, fail for one reason. So if you want to know why leadership development fails, he says it fails for this singular reason. One reason it fails, because people are trained for their current job and not their future job. So if you want to do leadership development well, you train people for their future job. Well, you start doing that across an entire ministry or across an entire organization. You have a leadership pipeline in place. You're going to foster succession-type thinking. And so if there's no succession thinking, it actually shows that you have a leadership development problem. If there is succession thinking, then you, you're going to, whether you have an internal candidate or an external candidate, you have wise people thinking about succession because they think about leadership development. And succession is a fruit of leadership development. All right, number three, why is succession important? Because it directs your leadership development. It shows that you value leadership development, but it also directs your leadership development. If you start thinking about succession, not just in the role of senior pastor or senior leader or CEO or senior vice president, but across the whole organization, you actually force people to think about handing responsibilities to others, which develops more leaders because leaders grow when more responsibilities are handed to them. It also creates more opportunities. Actually, there's tons of opportunities out there. And when you have more leaders, you're able to find those opportunities. The world is broken. And so we need leaders who step in with God's grace and with great vision for how God's grace can be applied to different situations. So when you have succession in the water of an organization, of a ministry, if it's in the culture, you are going to be creating more leaders who are going to be available for new opportunities, who are going to be available to solve problems. So succession is important not only because of the next senior leader, but because it creates a, a culture within your context where leadership development is valued. It directs your leadership development. It shows whether you currently are valuing leadership development, and it demands intentionality because succession is so challenging and so important. So that's why we're talking about this. (laughs) It's so good. Thanks so much, Eric. We hope that you guys will join us for this season as we get to just share how the story has unfolded over the last few years here at Mariners and the planning that's gone into it. And we ultimately hope it's so helpful to all of you. Thanks for joining us. 